MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. Today, Mitt Romney is Pierre Delecto. A ruling on the Godfather clip in the Stone trial, two redacted names in the Mueller reporter revealed, the DNA Fingerprint Act, the McCarthy Victory Fund and Russia, Parnas makes bail and will plead not guilty, a cabinet meeting goes off the rails, a McCabe update, Benchkowski is back, and much more. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Did you have fun? I had so much fun visiting my hometown, Vegas. Vegas, hometown. Yep. Where you grew up. Yep. <laughs> when, how, when, when did you live there? How old were you when you lived there? I was about five until 18. And before you were five, were you in Vermont? I was. Okay. I was in Vermont, then I was in Boston, then I was in Granite Bay, and then I was in Vegas. Cool. Yeah. What a wow. weird place to grow up, Vegas. All before yeah. five. All before five. I know. That's bananas. I know. All of it. I was just in an infant... Delirium. <laughs> I had no idea. I have like very few memories of anything. Delirium, infant delirium. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great it's a great like post rock band. Yes. Infant delirium opening for the cure. <laughs> yeah, there's this band that they tour with called the Infinite Sad or something like that. And I'm like, Yeah, that's infinite delirium. <laughs> uh yeah, I was in Akron until I was eight and then Phoenix until I was uh oh in 18 or 19 mm-hmm. and then los angeles to try to be an actress for six minutes six minutes and then yes. i joined longer than some people asked yeah and then i joined uh the navy and went to orlando and boston spa new york raleigh south carolina um other places that are top secret um no they're not um and then got out and moved to San Diego. I always wanted to live in San Diego because I used to state when I lived in Phoenix, I used to come out to San Diego. I can't believe my mom let me do this. But when I was like 15, 16, 17, I would just drive out here for the summer mm-hmm. and stay at this place right across, right behind the Jack in the Box in Hillcrest mm-hmm. uh, called the Friendship Hotel. And I would stay there. It was like $18 a night. And oh then I God. would go to Soho Tea and Coffee on University and I would read tarot cards and play guitar. And if I made $18 that day, I would stay another night. And I was Aww. usually there for most of the summer. That's so fun. Yeah. That's cute. My friends would sneak me into like number one on fifth and we would go watch like drag shows and stuff. It was rad. It was a good. Hell yeah. It was a good experience. Slightly gayer and more liberal than Arizona. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine why I wanted to get out of Arizona so bad, um, especially back then, especially in the Joe Arpaio days uh, and Evan Meekham days. But that's, you know, that's how it was. I think yeah. actually Evan Meekham was a Democrat, but he was recalled. Yeah, Arizona used to be a pretty place that we'd drive through on road trips from Vegas because it was not too far, you know, but um, got a bad rep really fast for yeah. me because they were like one of the first states to institute just like requiring people to show their documentation. Like you just pull them over and ask for their papers, right? Yep, that was an Arpaio joint. And then, of course, we were one of the last states to add Martin Luther King Day to the calendar. It wasn't Ooh. until 2006. What a hill to die on. Yeah, and McCain was trying to die on that hill. So what? it's just interesting. McCain? Yeah, he was mm-hmm. part of that. I, I'm going to double check myself. I don't want to go ahead and like say that McCain yeah. tried to block MLK Day when he might have actually tried to make it happen. But Arizona did. Yeah. And that's enough. 2006. Wow. That's really <laughs> racist. First off, very racist. Second off, who? how racist do you have to be to argue against a holiday? Yeah. Like off, like 
against a day yet somehow a day off, stand which is up an for entirely reductive way of, of you know referencing the holiday my apologies but just for the people who are racist anyway and can't just shut the fuck up about it yet somehow defend columbus day oh my god yeah i saw a mattress store the other day have a columbus day sale and this is this is i've only lived in this day just for walk a few in and years. steal all the mattresses <laughs> so this is new to me i was like what murder everybody i don't want a mattress sale celebrating white supremacy what the fuck <laughs> like oh, colonialism's night sleep yeah, right <laughs> Oh, they sell blankets. Any, any excuse to have a sale. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yes, we have our small pack or carry blankets. That's POC, small pack blankets, if you're interested in them. I totally stole that from, where did I steal that from? Comedy Death Ray. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Columbus Day Sale. Everything must go. I- yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus, God. Why is America the worst? Uh, and did you hear Trump <laughs> say that in his uh, something about how in in a press conference when he and this is he was talking about uh, the Kurds in Syria and he's like they have to go in and clean it all out. Did you hear that? Mm-mm. He just blatantly talked about ethnic cleansing. Oh that Turkey needs to go in and clean it out. And I was yeah. I was like, oh my god, oh oh, that just left the worst taste in my mouth ever. Yeah. Uh, and watching the videos today of the troops leaving and the Kurds throwing rotten tomatoes and like they showed back to back video of when we got there and they were like, yay, and celebrating. And then now that we're leaving, you know, having carrying signs that say we love the U.S. people, shame on Trump, mm-hmm. uh, and just throwing these rotten tomatoes and rocks at the convoys that were abandoning them. Yeah. It, it yeah. broke my heart to watch that. I heard um, they're not even coming home. They're going to Western Iraq. Yeah, they're going to Iraq. And, and then, of course, to Saudi Arabia to guard the yeah, oil yeah, fields. Mm-hmm. They're being paid to guard oil fields. And Lindsey Graham was like, I'm glad we're bringing the oil into it. And I'm like, what? Right, because Lindsey Graham is now, I don't know if we're talking about that in the show, but apparently he flip-flopped now and is supporting Trump on the Syria pullout. Yeah, yeah, kind of that's what he was Mm -hmm. getting at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not in the script, so it's good that we brought it up now. Yeah, just a gross and we do have a lot of news um wanted to tell you about our upcoming events um you know our sister podcast is muller she wrote comes out sundays at 6 30 we're going to be in boston on november 7th mm-hmm. uh and we have a meet and greet that's yeah. happening we have a, a the meet and greet at city winery in the day of the show on uh, thursday november 7th is sold out you can still get tickets to the main show uh, uh which are available on our website at muller slash calendar but if you didn't get a spot to the meet and greet uh on the day of the show on thursday we're having a second bonus vip meet and greet um and patrons people who are subscribers to our our patreon get first dibs on those tickets and i'm going to be making those live on wednesday so if you're hearing this on tuesday uh that's tomorrow uh if you're a patron and you're hearing this uh on uh monday evening wednesday morning is when it's going live you'll get first dibs so if you want to have first dibs on those tickets uh become a patron yeah, yeah. become a patron cool. today and you will get first dibs to our bonus meet and greet. And they're fun. Like in Seattle, yeah. we had it at Oak and then in San Francisco. Beta brand, I think. Beta brand. Mm-hmm, yeah. And and they're small, just cocktail events with, fun you know, 20, time. 30 people. Mm-hmm. And, and we just all hang out and talk. It's really, really fun. And yeah. then inevitably, we all end up at some karaoke bar at the end of the night. <laughs> oh, but yes. No promises. No promises. Um <laughs> I don't yeah, know how so Boston have, uh, is with karaoke. I'm trying to get some chowder. Oh, God. Oh, oh no. People have sent me so many. I Hell yes. Wicked chowder? People, <laughs> wicked chowder. People have also sent me a lot of poutine recommendations. Oh. So I was like, oh, it's so close to the Canadian border. Give me some of that good cheese curd shit. Uh, so thank you so much for those suggestions. I have a list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. We're also going to be in Politicon this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is going to be um, happening on our panel is the 27th Sunday at 1 p.m. 
and Jill Winebanks is going to be joining mm-hmm. us. And we might have some other surprise guests. I don't know. We just tend to run into people and mm-hmm. be like, hey, come on up. And they do. Last uh, last year, we had Cameron Kasky mm-hmm. from March for Our Lives. What a cool what a cool guest. He's so funny. What an amazing and so smart. Just yeah, like whip smart and funny. And uh and then at two fifteen, I mm-hmm. think we have That's a meet right. and greet in the in the Politicon delegated meet and greet yes. area. We are um uh on the democracy village stage, so it's the meet and greet closest to that area. Oh, we're on the big stage. I believe Sweet. so. Yeah, we're on the democracy, democracy village, village stage. Was that where we were at last time? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big ass stage. Yeah, that was a good spot. We were sort of around the corner and near the restrooms the last time we did a panel there. <laughs> oh, Democracy Village, that's where like MSNBC was and everything? I don't think it's that. You know what? We'll have to check. Yeah, yeah we'll I don't check. remember the The huge the ones were out on the like that little hallway area. And this, is, of course, is not in the same place. It's not in the LA yeah. Convention Center. So Democracy Village could be by the restrooms. Yeah. And I <laughs> might just be but bragging about it. Well, if you're going to take a shit, stop by after. <laughs> we'll um, be there. If you're anywhere near Nashville, come and hang out with us at Politicon. Yeah. Come and see our panel. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, another reason to become a patron, we're going to start a video feed, not a live feed, but we're going to sh- show videos of us recording in studio. Um, we're going to maybe upgrade the podcast studio. I'm not quite sure. Um, maybe we'll have the podcast in here. I, I want to make some improvements to it, though. So but not me personally. You're going to see me uh, in my jammies with bedhead. That's just how it's going to be. Same. I just uh, smelled my armpits before we pressed play. No, oh, that you'll record. You'll get to see those kind of yeah. jo- uh, events. Yeah, events. Very exciting. <laughs> events. Truly a sweaty woman happening. So sweaty. <laughs> and you'll see how my hands are always like pressed against some kind of cotton. <laughs> <laughs> just to soak it all up. And I think I was indicating at some point we were going to combine the Sunday Muller she wrote and Monday beans. We're not going to do that. We're gonna. I I learned. Um, a new word, delegate, <laughs> um, which is a hard, hard word for me. Uh, I know that a lot of you guys can, uh, and girls and everybody in between, can relate to that because I feel like we're all sort of of the same ilk. But to be able to like hand something off to somebody and, and be cool with it uh, is something I'm working on. That's me. That's me stuff. And um, I, I wasn't, I'm just not able to handle Writing two shows, writing ad, doing copy, recording everything, doing the outlines um, every weekend. But ne- but now people are like, let let me help you, mm-hmm. and I was like, great, let me pay you. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, your patronage goes towards that, and also health benefits because anybody who works part time or more for us um, gets the option of having health benefits. And uh, we're going to keep those two shows separate and going. So you will get you will get five days of Daily Beans and plus one episode of Muller She Wrote every week. So plus video, plus video, plus merch things. Yeah, there's thank you gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get our newsletter, a premium newsletter, which has our research notes and yeah. all the articles that we reference, mm-hmm. so that you can see we're not you know totally full of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and. Oh, what else? There's just a lot of stuff. Yeah, you get also get early access to our ad-free beans episodes. Did you say that already? Oh, yeah, Daily Beans. Yeah. You get the night before. Yeah. Uh, and you get them ad-free. You get it around, uh, we try to get it up around 9.30 p.m. PST. So if you're not on the West Coast, sorry, it's pretty late for you. But you do get it You do get it the night before everyone else, which is awesome. And you get an ad-free episode if that's your thing. And uh, it's an awesome patron perk. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, too. Neat. And you are automatically a patron of both shows. So, yay. All right. Enough of the housekeeping stuff. You're probably like, all right, let's fuck this up with the news. Uh, and let's, let's, you know, let's get to it with Hot Notes. Hot Notes. Nice. <laughs> That's what people are going to get. 
Amanda, I'm so sorry. That was entirely in, in your line of fire breath. Yeah. Oh, God. That was terrifying. That was brought to you by Kombucha. GT's Kombucha Fall Edition. Mac, edit this out. No. Living, well, Living in Gratitude is the name of the, the flavor. Put it in. This all goes in B roll. Put it in B roll. Bloopers episodes coming soon. Which you'll get if you become a patron. Ah. And you won't hear that unless you are a patron and hearing the bloopers episodes. Okay, back in three, two, one. So I kind of want to leave that all in. You, I don't give a shit. I have no shame. <laughs> see how it sounds. Yeah, let's see how it sounds. Let's see how it sounds. It could be bad. If it reflects poorly on me, I'll let you be the judge of it, you know? But if it sounds good, then keep it in. Nothing, nothing reflects poorly on yeah. you. Yeah. Three, two, one. So late last night, we found out uh, who those two redacted names were from the Mueller report. If you remember last week, Judge Beryl Howell told the Department of Justice they were redacted improperly because they weren't protected by grand jury secrecy because they never testified to the grand jury. And then the DOJ uh, released the names and they're Don Jr. and Don McGahn. A couple of Dons. And now... And then it occurred to me as I was writing this, like, there's a lot of Dons in this, yeah. the crime Dons. A too close to Dong for my liking. Yeah, or yeah, the, or the Don of a, some sort of crime family. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we had su- suspected from public reporting that Junior didn't testify to the grand jury because he t- had taken the fifth. And Mueller alluded to that in the Mueller report. Uh, I had thought there were some clues in the report that indicated maybe Junior had testified to the grand jury, maybe. I know it's just redacted. Um, but no, that was not the case. As it turns out... Uh, Don McGahn also did not testify to the grand jury. He was one of our guesses, but I hadn't put together why, and I didn't really have, like, hard beans on it. I was thinking more Dylan and Porter. Hard, hard beans? beans. <laughs> it's a hard beans gonna fall. That was such a funny phrase. Hard beans. <laughs> hard beans. No beans should be hard. I've been playing too much Call of Cthulhu. That's hard. That's a hard success. <clears throat> Critical. Critical beans. All right. Um, so anyway, here, here are my thoughts on Don McGahn. We've talked about several times that how you, the grand jury rules pretty, are pretty clear. We know that a grand jury can't be used unless it's in the pursuit of criminal charges, right? And McGahn was a key figure in obstruction, uh, of which Trump was the target. That, that was who the only people they were looking at for obstruction of justice was Trump. Uh, and we know that Mueller knew on day one he was not going to indict the president because of the Office of Legal Counsel memo saying what the decide what, you know, that you can't you can't indict a sitting president. And you can agree or disagree with the memo that that's that's what he decided. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people were mad uh, that he decided to do that. A lot of people took it out on us. <laughs> Like yeah. we're somehow the Pope for the Mueller investigation. We talk to him directly every day. Yeah, like we have his hairy ear or something. Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but anyway, if you think about it, it would make sense to interview McGahn outside of the walls of the grand jury, uh, which they did for over 30 hours. Um, so as not to break the rules governing the utilization of a grand jury. And they could do it more secretively, too. If you subpoenaed McGahn to testify before the grand jury, uh, Do- uh, Donald Trump would know about that. And maybe be be able to suborn perjury or intimidate the witness. Uh, and also, um, he could have been blocked from testifying to the grand jury had he been subpoenaed. So it might have it, it might have been a workaround for that as well. But it does beg the question why McGann didn't testify to the grand jury about what he knew regarding Roger Stone. 
uh, which he may have been able to claim attorney-client privilege for. However, Stone's case was handed off eventually, and he might have testified to that grand jury about Stone. But McGann also just might have been reticent to testify about that stuff and and, uh, claimed attorney-client privilege when it came to the Roger Stone stuff, although that wouldn't cover that because it was pre-inauguration. So I'm I'm not quite clear, but there's a lot of different avenues this could take. I personally think that it's because of the grand jury stuff, meaning you you have to be pursuing charges and McGahn was being questioned about obstruction of justice. But it does make you wonder, like, why he wasn't questioned for other stuff. Yeah, I do. It's interesting because my my boyfriend, Ryan, he's he cares about politics and news obviously but he's he's not constantly in it like i am and when this headline came out he was confused as i'm sure a lot of people in the country are confused as to why this is kind of such a big deal why it's such a huge headline and it's and it's interesting seeing the fallout also on twitter from people who are super experts i saw you get called out ag people saying that you know Mueller Mueller has fucked us all and, and he didn't you know, he, he didn't question these people. And how could he? And he, you know, just citing the OLC, cowering behind the OLC memo. And it's just, I'm, it's very interesting to me, this spectrum of reactions that there are just to this headline alone. Yeah. And I thought to myself, uh, well, I can respond to each and every one of these people individually and tell them why I think, uh, or I could not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my... and save my sanity because yeah. I mean we have been really clear from the not from the get go, but from at least I don't know most of this year, and and going into last year that Mueller was not going to save us all. He was not to be put on a pedestal. He was not to be worshipped. Yes, we have candles and rosaries, and we love Mueller, and that's fun, and that's kitschy, and that's interesting. And I do think that he is going to historically be one of the more important figures, if not one of the most important figures in this mm-hmm. situation, because without him, we wouldn't have had the knowing and willfully thing covered yeah. for people who he now can't right. pretend. Yeah. And then also his testimony is what kicked off the impeachment, what I call the kick off the impeachment inquiry when uh, the oversight committee asked for the grand jury materials mm-hmm. under article one powers of impeachment. Mm-hmm. And those are the grand jury materials from Mueller. And then also we have multiple obstruction of justice charges and a map to, to get to them, which are, are mo, mo, if they're not included in this articles of impeachment, I'll be like okay now what the fuck but Mm -hmm. so you know i i just wanted you know if you've been listening to us long enough you know that we aren't like muller butt lickers it's just (laughs) it's not that's not what we do um we like saying you know if we had a podcast about charles manson and then being like i thought your boy was awesome like when something bad happened with Charles Manson. I'm like, oh no, we're literally just reporting the facts on this and we are not friends of Charles Manson. If you know <laughs> what I'm not comparing Manson to yeah. Mueller, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely think how you described it a couple minutes ago is good kitschy, I think you said mm-hmm. as a word. Yeah, it's it's like we've had a lot of fun. I mean, we're looking at a rosary candle right here that has Nancy Pelosi and Mueller on it. Santo Roberto and patron saint of shade that one of our (laughs) patrons sent to us and it's like I don't think all the folks that send us Mueller gifts are sitting there truly thinking I'm this obsessed with Robert Mueller I'm going to make this candle on my own accord in the absence of this podcast who has also had fun talking about you know it's it's, it's just like in this vast ocean of corruption we have little 
you know, life rafts that we come across, and one of them was named the SS Muller. <laughs> <laughs> the SS Muller. Unfortunately, it was a hand, a mouth inflated one, not not as structurally <laughs> sound as it could have been. Probably hit like a, I don't know, ballpoint pen along the way, kind of yeah. slowly deflated. Mm. And then... Uh, Ukraine Gate just came in, just a giant tanker of a ship, <laughs> just to come in, just fucking just mowed over the freaking Mueller boat. <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, this is how we find support. This is how we uh, cope through creativity and uh, humor and things like that. It's like good that's... to believe in someone and yeah. something, and and to ha- have hope in the political system. Yeah, but and, and I don't think Mueller dropped the ball. He no. did his job. He was very narrowed in He's his one scope. Piece of a pie. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a tiny, tiny piece of the pie. Watch mm-hmm. the pizza video if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we have some released McCabe documents. Uh, now, these aren't from Reggie Walton. That's the veteran judge and where he ruled that he told the Department of Justice to charge McCabe or drop the case or he's going to release the FBI documents. Right. That's November 15th. This is from a FOIA case, a Freedom of Information Act case from Citizens for Responsible Responsibility and Ethics in Washington or crew. And these docs were released last week. And we did cover one of the emails that showed McCabe did tell Comey about, you know, one of the Wall Street Journal communications. But but since crew requested all documents related to the firing of McCabe, they've been coming out on what's called a rolling basis. Uh, that means as we get them. And uh, sometimes that like discovery sometimes happens on a rolling basis. And that's exactly what's happening in the Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman case. It's the discovery is so voluminous that it's being released on this rolling basis because they have mil- terabytes of and millions of documents, 50 bank accounts for four an indictment of four people. Wait, <laughs> 50 bank accounts in total that they're subpoenaing like documents like pertaining to that they have the documents for and need to hand in for discovery okay to the courts not that these 50 accounts somehow are owned and operated across the uh, across these people it yeah they they are they are like all of their multiple accounts they're not just like accounts that in some way relate to the activity of these people they're like their accounts they might uh, be like account but they're presumably accounts that have been used by these four people wow um so we'll now but now we have emails showing that the firing of mccabe was fast-tracked which we knew but that they ignored a rule that says you must be give you must give the person a 30-day notice of the action but that would have put his firing well past his retirement date. And you, we know that Trump's goal was to get him fired to lose his pension. It was it was retaliatory in nature. Um, and we kn- full pension. Yes. Yeah. And we know there are many other problems uh, with the way he was fired from McCabe's lawsuit itself, including the fact that Sessions, who fired him, was not authorized to fire him um, because only Christopher Ray could fire him and that he technically had retired several hours before he was notified of his firing along with the rest of us by tweet. So I stand firm that McCabe will not be convicted of a crime. He will win his wrongful termination lawsuit and his pension will be fully restored. And that's what he deserves. So and I also hope he gets damages on top of it for what's been done to his reputation and career. All the people that could be added to that list of names that deserve defamation damages. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Freaking crazy. But no news yet on the indict him or not stuff. November 15th is the deadline. So. I'll wait. (laughs) She like rub your fingertips together. Mm, I'll wait. Mm, Very well. Uh, We'll be right back after this quick word. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by our friends at Beta Brand, who are busy making the most amazing pants ever, including the dress pant yoga pants. They have multiple styles, including wide leg, skinny, cropped, straight, eight pocket pants, and premium denim, and they have dozens of styles and colors and patterns. My new favorite are the eight pocket pants, because I don't have to carry a purse, and that's especially helpful when I'm traveling on the plane or leaving out of the hotel room. Uh, I have four pairs now, all in black, that's just me, but they do have amazing patterns and colors, uh, and I take one with me, or I take them all actually with me on every trip because they pack and travel so well. You can't wrinkle them if you try. Plus, they're as comfortable as yoga pants, but with dressy details like real buttons, pockets, belt loops, and faux zippers. And they're made of four-way stretch pontinet fabric that breathes and moves so I can wear them on the plane, sit cross-legged, go to business meetings, go to cocktail hour. I can put on heels or flats. They're just totally versatile, super comfortable, and perfectly stretchy. So you don't have to sacrifice style for work appropriateness and comfort at the same time. You can have all three. And before Beta Brand, I got everything off the rack, uh, and I would inevitably have to have it tailored, and, and they'd still pinch, and they didn't breathe. They had itchy tags, and I was just constantly aware of how uncomfortable I was, and I couldn't focus on my work. And that's why I started wearing Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. So visit betabrand.com beans, all lowercase, to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pair of pants you'll ever wear to work. That's betabrand.com, B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com slash beans, all lowercase, to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants today. Okay, we're back. Hey, Jordan. Yes. Tits McGee. Mm-hmm. That's what we call you when you're gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you remember Brian Benchkowski? Yes. And that meeting that he took recently with Giuliani. Yes. And associates. And how we were and all associates. <laughs> and we were how we were all surprised when he was nominated last year because he repped Alpha Bank. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's a weird conflict of interest, mm-hmm. especially since Mueller was still doing the Mueller report and you're like you're gonna put head of criminal division somebody who repped Alpha Bank which is being investigated by Mueller mm-hmm. okay yeah that sounds weird well Benchkowski is now distancing himself mm-hmm. from Giuliani saying that he did not know Lev and Igor Igor were under investigation so first let that sink in the head of the criminal division at the Department of Justice did not know Giuliani was under investigation <laughs> so to me one of two things are going on yeah First, uh, that could mean Giuliani is possibly a Mueller referral because Rosenstein would have told Barr about the referred stuff, but not Jeffrey Rosen, who took over for Rosenstein. Um, That's the new DAG. Mm -hmm. So Deputy Attorney General. So that could explain how Barr knows, uh, you know, that Giuliani was under investigation. And so was so were Ivan and Drago. But no, sorry, uh, Levin and Igor. But Rosen and Benchkowski might not have known. They might not have been read in on it. Or the other possibility is Benchkowski's just lying to cover up the fact that not only did he know they were under investigation, but that Giuliani actually asked him to stop the investigation or extradition of Furtash. Huh. Because he said in that, because actually Giuliani said with his words about that meeting with Benchkowski, I have to talk to you about a very, very sensitive client who uh, is facing foreign bribery charges. And that's precisely what right. yeah. Furtash is facing. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> and Fertosh recently dumped Lanny Davis, uh, Cohen's lawyer, a mm-hmm. not Trump-friendly lawyer, for uh, Tonesing and DeGeneva. What do you think is happening with Benchkowski? I God, I'm fifty-fifty at this point. Yeah. I, 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 it could be both. Uh, it could be that uh, it, it is a uh, Giuliani is a Mueller referral. Because now we're seeing this stuff go back to as far as 2015 with uh, Parnas, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but 
so it could be a, both a Mueller referral and Benchkowski is lying to cover up the fact that he knows about <laughs> it, but that Giuliani act, like is trying to make him stop the investigation into Fertash or at least uh, curtail his extradition is on hold right now. The, uh, Austria said he could be extradited and for some reason he is not being extradited and I'm still trying to find clarification on why that is. But he's supposed to be extradited to the United States to face those uh, bribery charges in Chicago. So, huh. I'm trying to think, well, first off, how much of a Trump-leaning person do you think Benchkowski is really at this point in time? Pretty hard. So then what does Trump stand to gain by him saying he was unaware of Giuliani being investigated? Maybe loyalty, like the look of loyalty? Or knowing that Giuliani is going to be indicted and trying to pull back from that because eventually they're going to have to soft talk Giuliani the same way they did Cohen until he flips on him and then they'll hard talk him. Yeah. So they they want to make sure that that distance is there. And, you know, Trump's been doing this with Giuliani, too. Trump's been saying, uh, you know, he was my lawyer. Is he still your lawyer? I don't know. Ask him. You know, he's been distancing himself from Giuliani, too. Mm-hmm. And Giuliani's been kind of quiet mm-hmm. since uh, he was supposed to flee to Vienna. Has he tweeted yet? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked, mm-hmm. but I, I have. I feel like I would have heard if he did. Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those like Deutsche Bank defenses where they're like the highest person at the top is just like I don't know how Trump got all those loans. Yeah, it was all these people below me that were heading those those activities. Maybe yep. it's something like that in the Department of Justice that's going on. Yeah, or or you know when when Bounchkowski met with Giuliani, maybe he didn't think that that would go public and knew Giuliani and Lev Parnas and and Igor Fruman were under investigation. Uh, and then after everyone found out about the meeting, that's when he's like, oh, I didn't know. I had no idea mm-hmm. because it would look bad if he knew going in meeting with and didn't tell people under investigation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's well, might ju- be how- that might be the motive. Do you know when Giuliani became aware that he was under investigation? I don't remember like anything that would designate when that was exactly in the timeline. I don't either. Yeah. I know that um, McCallion was asked back in February. Um, I, I, Giuliani makes it look like he didn't realize until um, they were arrested. Like very recently. <laughs> and, and, and somebody said, the news said I was under investigation. So he's acting like it's just right now. Yeah. But also, you might not know you're under investigation if they're doing a really good investigation because you're the target. They're not going to question you. But you you would have to presume that if they question people close to you, like like Lev and and Igor, who are turning out to plead not guilty, I think, and and not be cooperative, that they would have told Giuliani about it. Unless you're... Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. (laughs) I just checked Giuliani's Twitter page and uh, he hasn't tweeted in three days, which I feel like is a long Mm. time for him. And the last thing he tweeted was about Yankees, about baseball. Okay. And before that, the last time he tweeted about anything political was on the 16th, so five days ago. Yeah. Interesting. So he's really quiet right now. That's unlike him. Huh. Yeah. Although he does go dark. Yeah. Like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> like a bat. It all checks out. <laughs> and um, speaking of Parnas, like I said, he finally made bail. He was the last guy to not make bail. So he met the conditions of his bail. Mm. Uh, he has said he will plead not guilty. God is on my side. So no cooperation at this time, doesn't seem. God is on my side. That just speaks whatever the opposite of volumes is for God. <laughs> <laughs> that speaks so lowly Dark of God. Dark matter. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of mass. Oh, God. Let's see. If E equals MC squared. I would be so pissed off if I was like a good Christian. And you just have to sit here and listen to all of these fucking idiots and criminals and morally bankrupt people incite the name of the person that you 
you know. That reminds me of um, this morning I was watching an interview with a woman on Democracy Now, who's an 80-year-old nun who thinks it's her, like, religious mission, if you will, to, like, uh, 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 take away uh, nuclear weapons. Mm. She was, she was like, protesting and got arrested somewhere on the East Coast for, like, protesting a nuclear reactor site. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's and cool. I think yeah. that's what it was. But, yeah, but that, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, yeah. there are religious totally. folks out there who are like, fuck that's this like, shit. Uh, that's like canonization right there. She's about patron saint of nukes. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she was like, she was like, I, she, she, she said in the interview, she was like, I am an 80-year-old nun and I don't think it's our right to fuck with God's creation, like through nuclear weapons and nuclear technology. And she was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Well, in her <laughs> cute little grandma way, she didn't say that. But yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. To H-E double toothpicks. That is that? not on your side. No. Love and or Igor. <laughs> Love and or Igor. Yeah, that's, those are the dice you roll, I guess, when you decide to like found entire societies on a man that can't speak for himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> what does god think about this who knows <laughs> so i don't know tweet us god <laughs> we've, yeah. we've had god on the show <laughs> we think about it um so anyway i imagine giuliani's arrest is eminent uh if they're not going to try to get a cooperation agreement out of these four uh mm-hmm. korea kukushkin uh what'd you say uh lev and or igor <laughs> then i don't think giuliani is long for this freedom yeah when but, he gets arrested sorry but i've been wrong before mm-hmm. rarely yeah well it's, it happens <laughs> bench Kasky, if he gets arrested i hope is just going to be sitting there just diverting eye contact <laughs> he's like come on man i don't know you yeah sorry man All just right. uh so we a line <laughs> in a little while the woman's name was liz McAllister, ah. and she broke into a nuclear like a nuke base essentially Damn. so that was her name she's 80 years old that's pretty cool fucking sweet activist nun yeah who was it? Mary, didn't Marianne Williamson say that she believed it was like her divine um, duty. duty to like run against Trump? Yeah, it, like her, her unseat the yeah. evil in the her spiritual duty in the White House. Yeah, 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 totally. Love Trump's hate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, yeah, she did say that. I don't hate everything that she says, but I would never vote for someone who believes that like putting a jade egg in your vagina is going to like bring about world peace. And I know that I talk about astrology, so it might seem that I'm like extremely woo-woo, but I'm only medium woo-woo. Yeah. How do you feel about this? I had an old... I got a room once. I may have told the story before on the podcast. I'll make it quick. But there was a room that I took over in a house once. And the reason that I got to take it over in the middle of the lease was because the woman who occupied it before broke up with her boyfriend and decided that she needed to cleanse, steam cleanse her genitalia to rid itself of all of the bad vibes of her cheating dog ex-boyfriend. So she put a boiling pot of water directly on the hardwood floor in their house and just burned a hole into the ground <laughs> trying to steam, to steam her vagina. Her vagina. Uh-huh. How do you feel about that? Negatively. <laughs> <laughs> nice adverb. It, seem, um, it doesn't seem like the wisest choice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to her <laughs> vagina, but I'm angry about the floor. You know what? If you do want to do a nice thing for your vagina, I'm going to be the hippie, hippie lesbian voice on this podcast. French fries. You can get French fries. You yeah, can lube. also get a weed lube for your vagina. <laughs> Whoa. You can get weed lube for your vagina now. Interesting. Just That makes sense. In case you're in a state where it's legal. Cool. You can get you can get your vagina high. Awesome. So maybe don't burn it with boiling water. My vagina already doesn't know what's going on. I don't <laughs> think I need to. I don't think I need to make it worse. <laughs> My vagina's confused. 
<laughs> There's so many straight men in red states right now being like, you can get weed lube for your vagina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. This is why you support women in podcasting. Welcome to Southern California. <laughs> it's only for vaginas, though, not for dicks. So. <laughs> you got sleepy weenie. <laughs> sleepy weenie. Hey, baby, I got you this sativa lube for your wiener. Hey, my vagina's got the munchies. <laughs> you order some french fries. Uh, anyway, anyway, now that Giuliani is uh, <laughs> wrapped up in a counterintelligence investigation. And given the fact that Barr runs the Department of Justice, who knows what will happen with that? Who knows when, you know, Giuliani is going to be indicted? I feel like it, it was last Friday, but, you know, as I said, been wrong before. But Shelby Holiday put out a great thread on Twitter, and this is what I was talking about before. This is a private Instagram account for Lev Parnas, giving more clues of how connected to the Trump family this guy is. Uh, one photo back in 2015 shows him posing next to Ivana, not Ivanka. With uh, David Correa, who is one of the individuals that was indicted last week. And the caption says, fraud guarantee powwow. Mm. Indicating that fraud guarantee goes back to 2015, which is another clue that Giuliani could have been a Mueller referral. One of those 12 Mm. redacted referrals in Appendix D of the Mueller report. Then in August uh, 2015, there's a photo of Parnas with Trump and Don Jr. at a campaign event in Doral. Uh, in August 2018, Parnas posted a personalized link um, that was a thank you note, a personalized thank you note from POTUS and FLOTUS. And then uh, leading up to the 2018, the 2018 midterms, he posted a bunch of photos of himself and Giuliani and Fruman flying around in a private jet. Ugh. And then he posted pics of fundraisers for DeSantis, along with a slideshow of photos of himself with Trump and members of the Trump family. And then after the midterms, he posted a ton of pictures of him and Giuliani smoking cigars and going to Yankees games and touring the burnt out shell of the Notre Dame uh, church Mm. in Paris, uh, to name just a few. But uh, who does who does that? Who goes and tours? That is very After the fire. Tourism. Like, like only, this isn't stopping business. Like, only the anti, like, yes, let's go see the shell of yeah. Notre Dame. <laughs> and then Giuliani turns into a bat and hangs from the <laughs> belfry. Oh. oh, God. It's just weird. Yeah. But here's the big one. On March 25th, the day after Barr released his misleading four-page summary of the Mueller report that totally mischaracterized Mueller's findings, by the way, the day after that, Parnas posted a pic of a celebratory dinner with the Trump legal team at the Trump Hotel in D.C. Hmm. And we know the picture was taken mm-hmm. after that, or for sure it was posted at least after, um, after it was released. The party was that night. Right. Okay. Damn. Yeah. At the Trump Hotel and in D.C. special guests. <laughs> with the Trump legal team. We did it, everyone. Yeah. Cheers. We cheated. We fixed it. Uh, and wow. And we know that... Um, we know now that that Trump pack that was funded by Parnas and Fruman funded Pete Sessions, who's been subpoenaed, along with Scott Walker, DeSantis in Florida, and notably one of the loudest voices against impeachment, Kevin McCarthy. And they've all pledged to return that money since they got caught. Hmm. Uh, but there's new news out today on Monday about uh, where else McCarthy is getting his money. And it's none other than Blavatnik. Um, so just last month, Blavatnik made a $200,000 donation to the McCarthy Victory Fund, according to new filings with the FEC. Blavatnik is a Soviet-born U.S. citizen with ties to Vexelberg, who donated heavily to Cohen's slush fund for access to Trump called Essential Consulting. It's fucking essential. Um, that's their slogan. And, well, that's what we mm-hmm. say it is. <laughs> and he has ties to Deripaska. 
Uh, and and Mueller was investigating Blavatnik's donations to the Trump inaugural. Uh, he attended with Vexelberg, who may or may not have gotten tickets from Sam Patton, who was convicted for that crime last year in connection with making straw donations to the inaugural on behalf of foreign donors in the form of tickets to the inaugural. Um, Ukrainian money, by the way. He also helped Moscow Mitch earn his nickname by donating over, donating over $7 million to him and other Republicans like Marco Rubio. And, this is Blavatnik uh, still. This is Blavatnik. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he, he is a U.S. citizen and he can donate to Republican PACs, um, but not if the money is being funneled from foreign entities. But he's a multi-billionaire. He's worth like 19 billion. But ever. But ever. <laughs> but ever. I want that to be a thing people can say. <laughs> but ever. <laughs> like with some sort of authority. Behind it's like it. however and whatever. But and ever. But ever. <laughs> <laughs> But ever, uh, uh, it is likely just one of he, like he's just one of several wealthy Russian emigres doing Putin's bidding, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's Vexelberg, Blavatnik. That's this whole group of a group of dudes that are now U.S. citizens, but Soviet-born, that have been funneling Russian and Ukraine uh, Ukrainian money into the inaugural and into mm-hmm. these super PACs, and potentially are maybe unknowingly subjects of investigations already. Yes. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they deserve it. Yeah, couldn't be could be another Mueller handoff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because we've heard his name for a long ass time. Yeah, especially him in Vexelberg, uh, because I know that when uh, Mueller was looking into Essential Consulting, uh, there was uh, Columbus Nova, which was Vexelberg's company. I think five hundred thousand uh, dollars of a donation, and then another million to the inaugural. And that all that was just to pay for access to Trump. And there were several of these groups. I remember, um, I think Cindy Yang had one where she was mm-hmm. collecting money from Chinese businessmen uh, to just get you know money for, you would pay for a photo with Trump, basically so you could stand there and have a minute to talk to him. And a lot of people did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been hearing all of those names for a very long time. A Broidy had one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been hearing them, but ever, some would say. But ever. <laughs> Fraud guarantees probably one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Frog Guarantee Pow Wow, that was the name of, sorry, what was that the name of? Uh, that was the caption on the, the caption photo. The caption on the photo. Okay, cool. Frog Guarantee Pow Wow. Well, they also culturally appropriate, so nice. Yeah, so that means indicating that Trump's legal team against the Mueller investigation also was Fraud Guarantee. That ties Giuliani mm-hmm. to that, and that's mm-hmm. what makes me think Giuliani is a, a Mueller referral, and it's been going on for a while. Why they haven't indicted him yet, that could be a bar blockage. Yeah, especially if he keeps bar blockage, but then I wonder, too, maybe if it's not hashtag, a bar blockage. Hashtag bar blockage. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> Definitely sounds like something you'd die from. Um, <laughs> right? What do I take? I got a bar blockage. <laughs> but could they just be continuing the investigation of him because he keeps criming, whoever is investigating him? It could be that. Um, I mean, that's an awful long time. And yeah. and, and we do know that I'm sure uh, Mueller briefed Barr on the handoff stuff. Um, yeah. But... Or maybe they haven't had the smoking gun yet, so they've been able to just kind of surveil him at one of those various levels we learned about in McCabe's book, you know? It could be. It could be because of the Ukraine stuff that we're looking at right now. They, if they had nabbed Giuliani before that, we might not have what we're going through right now with mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. And and so that that could be part of it, too. Uh, although, I, yeah, I wonder what, like, how long are you like, how long should we let him crime? Yeah. Right, before and, and, we actually try to, like, make a case in court. And also, you know, endanger national security and yeah. interfere in elections and yeah. how far do we let it go? Yeah. What 
um, legal recourse do they have in terms of him, you know, essentially implementing shadow foreign policy and acting as an agent of the, the government overseas? Well, the law is is that you can't be, uh, you can't lobby on behalf of a foreign entity. First mm-hmm. of all, you can't bring any money in from a foreign entity to mm-hmm. uh, a federal campaign. Uh, second of all, you cannot lobby on behalf of a foreign government without declaring it to the Department of Justice. So in, unless he registered as a foreign agent for Ukraine and Turkey now, because Turkey, he was trying to get Gulen out as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Uh, and lobbied Trump on behalf of Erdogan to get Gulen out um, and also lobbied Trump and Tillerson to get Reza Zarab off the hook. Uh, who is a Turkish person. So lobbied for Turkey, lobbied for Ukraine. One mm-hmm. of his clients, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Without registering as a foreign agent. So And and now he's lobbied for Fertosh by taking Fertosh's seven-page Biden dossier, which is what they're calling mm-hmm. it, and just taking it around to Fox News, sending it in parchment envelopes to the State Department and saying, we demand meetings with the, the IG and Congress. And so now he's lobbying on behalf of uh, Fertosh for that, which I guess would be lobbying on behalf of Ukraine. Um, because he is uh, Ukraine, he's a he's a proton, uh, proton, <laughs> that's pro Putin. <laughs> he's a proton guy, uh, pro Putin separatist uh, in Ukraine, just like Manafort was. And Manafort worked with Fertosh, and right. it's all just a big everyone knows everyone. It's super slimy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how yesterday we talked about the chart. We got some tweets. <laughs> we got some tweets about the L word chart. Oh, everyone is connected. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. I, I'm good at six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I bet you're fantastic at that game. I have some good secrets. Like three degrees of separation for Trump. Th- three degrees of separation with corruption. All ro- <laughs> you know what I mean? All roads lead to Putin. Yeah. Just above a certain it's income not, level. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's fewer degrees of separation than six, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you got money from Fraud Guarantee, who got money from uh, Parnas, who got money from Fertosh, who got money from the Kremlin. You win. All roads lead to Putin. <laughs> Uh, we'll be right back. We have a lot more headlines. Stick around. It is almost my favorite time of year, the holidays. And you might think this is a little early, but if you're like me, uh, the, hol- the Christmas lights are already up. Holidays start now. Uh, and you don't want to go through another holiday season taking closed mouth photos, embarrassed by your smile. So get your smile photo ready for the holidays with clear aligners from Candid. Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth way faster than traditional wire braces. The treatments only take about six months on average. When I was a kid, uh, I had braces for five years and I'd wear headgear and elastics and nobody's got time for that. So, And because it takes less time, it costs less money, usually 65% less than traditional wire braces. Uh, an experienced licensed orthodontist in your state will create your custom treatment plan and then they show you this cool 3D preview video so you can see how your teeth are now, how they move over time and how they'll look when you're done. And Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable and completely invisible. And they're philanthropic and I love this because with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train and they bring safe 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the world and that is such a worthy cause. So join me and have a photo ready smile by the holidays. Go to candidco.com slash dailybeans and use code dailybeans to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash dailybeans. Code Daily Beans for $75 off. Again, candidco.com slash daily beans and then use code daily beans at checkout. You'll be glad you did. Okay, this story is just weird. Apparently, Mitt Romney has a lurker Twitter account and he's had it since 2011 under the name Pierre Delecto. Slate first started trying to find out 
about what account it was because Romney recently admitted in a, a piece in The Atlantic that he had a lurker account, and that's a profile under a different name, that he operated in secret to monitor the political conversation. Slate theorized that Pierre Delecto was Romney after they discovered uh, one of the followers of that account was Romney's grandchild. And then um, Slate's Ashley Feinberg found that his first follower, Pierre Delecto's first follower, was Mitt's oldest son, Tag. I thought Tag was a Palin kid. I was just going to say that. Is that Trig? I Trig, Trip, Targ. Trop and Troop? Trug. <laughs> tag. Groot. Groot. <laughs> I am Tag. Um, so after, after Slate published, now I'm just going to call him Groot. <laughs> Groot Romney. <laughs> I am Groot. <laughs> That's all he says. That's all he posts on Twitter. I am Tag. I am Tag. Uh, after Slate published the hypothesis, McKay Coppins reached out to Romney and said, is that you? And according to Coppins, Romney's only reply was, c'est moi? C'est moi. C'est moi. That's a pretty Shakira. suave response. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we talk about the fact that Pierre Delecto sounds like a fake name that a guy would have on like a sugar baby website? Oh, totally. <laughs> like some, well, Delecto, yeah. I always think of inflagrante <laughs> you know Delecto, mean? which, you know, means in a compromising sexual position, I believe, or naked. Uh. Uh, <laughs> so an alter ego for the Mormon. Do you, look up Delecto. It also sounds like a like a fake like a fictional character in a Lemony Snicket novel. Yeah, and it made me think of uh, how Trump accidentally called Mark Esper mm-hmm. Mark Esperanto. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I'm like really. Yeah. So what what does enflagrante delecto mean? Uh, uh, according to Wiktionary, uh, delecto means a delight. Ah, mm. and what does inflagrante mean? Because I, now I just need to know. What does because it's from the movie Clue, where we get our, you know, our Muller she wrote opening. Oh, mm-hmm. inflagrante uh, in, in delecto means um, uh, in the midst of sexual activity or in the act of committing a misdeed. So ah. caught red-handed. So Pierre <laughs> delecto. Pierre, in the act of committing a misdeed. Uh, mm, mm. Caught red-handed. Caught red-handed. Mm, white horse prophet, caught red-handed. What does or, Pierre mean? Or if you're oh, going oh, with you're the dictionary like definition, Pierre, delight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pierre means stone or rock. Ah, so Very sexual. Delightful rock. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Stone, I see now <laughs> what's happening. Yeah. If anyone says we we spin conspiracy theories, now would be the time to throw yeah. that out at us. Yeah, just record that part out of context, put it on the internet, and you'd be like, listen to these crazy bitches. Um, so, yeah, so he he admitted to that. And he's he's actually reposted and done some interesting things on there. From, from that account, it makes it seem like he's pro-impeachment. And he actually said today, I think Monday night, he came out and said that um, the, what was it that was very, oh, Syria was very troubling. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I, um... I think it's interesting. I mean, first, my first thought is when Trump was doing that thing where he was calling into different news organizations and, and like pretending to be someone else. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So that's my first thing. I don't know if Trump can't even give tr- him shit for this because he was like the worst offender of that calling in and literally pretending to speak in a different <laughs> To be voice. someone else. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Trump's great. My name's Bob. Uh, <laughs> Barron, Brump. I think he said. Yeah. Uh, John Barron. John Barron. He's gone by that. Yeah. So dumb. 
I've done a frightening story. So that was a weird one. Here's a frightening one. The Department of Justice announced Monday that it wants the Department of Homeland Security to begin collecting DNA samples from migrants the U.S. detains by publishing. They published a notice of proposed rulemaking to comply fully with the DNA Fingerprint Act of 2005. So that law authorizes the attorney general to order any federal agency to collect DNA samples from individuals who are arrested, facing charges or convicted or from non-U.S. persons who are detained under the authority of the United States. But a federal rule in 2008 exempted the Department of Homeland Security from having to collect DNA samples from non-citizens. This new proposed rule would do away with that exemption, saying, quote, the FBI will provide DHS with the DNA collection kits, analyze the samples, and ensure that law enforcement agencies use the results in accordance with the FBI's stringent CODIS privacy requirements, as if the FBI didn't have enough to do. Yeah. So this is frightening. And as if it's not ultimately just data in a system that can be hacked and used however they want. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's already gone through immigration, it doesn't surprise me they already have my all my fingerprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now, yeah, it's, it's just going to be a way to track you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I know um, they said that they're allowing 20 days for public comment on this. They posted oh, the rule on, on their... On yeah. the Department of Justice website? Yeah, let me see what exactly this Reuters story says. It says, the Justice Department said the proposed rule would be officially published on Tuesday and subject to 20 days of public comment. This is also just to make it easier to um, to prove that anytime an immigrant has committed or a migrant has committed a crime, they have all the information on hand so that they can create headlines out of it. Yeah, or to, yeah. Or to get DNA of relatives that are also in the right. US. To prove that, yes. Or to also prove that they're not a parent. Yeah, there's a lot of really scary uses. Because they want to be able to say only your direct biological parent can be called your parent, not your aunt or your uncle or your cousin or your sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that gives them the opportunity to to do that. And then probably has something to do with chain migration and, and like just, which is not what I call it. Right, what they call it. Uh, but what they call it. So please Family don't think that. Family reunification. Yes. Thank you. Um, I'm just kind of talking from their side. Yeah, yeah uh, that's the language they use. Yeah, which is gross. Um, and then if, if things couldn't get any weirder, there was a Trump cabinet meeting today that went off the rails, um, calling on Republicans to get tougher and stick together on impeachment. Yeah, Trump said, uh, quote, all they have is the whistleblower and and that whistleblower disappeared. Where'd he go? Uh, and he had an informant. Maybe the informant was Schiff. Shifty Schiff, I call him. Ha ha ha. In my opinion, it's possibly Schiff. Uh, he also said Democrats are vicious and they stick together. They don't break off like Mitt Romney. Uh, then he addressed Doral for a long time. He's clearly really butthurt. I'm sorry. That's not a phrase that we use anymore. He's just whiny about this, um, saying that the Democrats went crazy. Uh, even though I would have done Doral for free. Do you think I need promotion? They say I do it for promotion. I get more promotion than any human being that's ever lived. <laughs> and, th- and and this is the first mention of it being free, by the way, because... <laughs> Because Mulvaney said in the press conference that it would be a cost, not free. And he continued saying it would have been the best G7 ever. And he lamented at what he called the phony emoluments clause. You all with your you all with your phony like waving at the press. You with your phony emoluments clause. Uh, That statement right there should be impeachable because of his oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. But he said that. And then uh, he in- he incorrectly suggested that he's the only president ever to donate his salary. He works for free. Um, interestingly, Mulvaney was noticeably absent 
at this cabinet meeting. And usually the chief of staff is at a cabinet meeting. And Trump has been saying privately that Mulvaney is mis- mishandling the White House impeachment strategy. What strategy, mm-hmm. first of all? Yeah, you have no like chips to play. Because Trump, you said before, no strategies make you look weak. We don't need a plan. <laughs> no war room. So now he's saying he's mishandling the strategy. Oh, because he has one? Is that is that the problem? Uh, and he's grown increasingly agitated since Mulvaney's botched press conference over the weekend. Sources close to Mulvaney say he's searching for an exit, though he hasn't publicly said that. Weird way to search for an exit to defend your dictator boss. <laughs> I think out. I think after. I think after. After that happened. Yeah. And, and Trump probably called him up and okay, yeah. said, your wife's a loser. You know, <laughs> whatever. Hopefully he has a good. Uh, your wife's a loser. <laughs> hopefully he has some good PR on his way out. Gives a good speech so that, you know, so that they'll let him on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. I don't even think you need that. I don't think you need that. But uh, I am waiting uh, for Saturday Night Live because I think the press camp. Did the press conference happen before Saturday Night Live or after Saturday Night Live? When was it? When I was think it. it um, I think it was. Oh shit! I think it was Sunday. No, it was Friday. Yeah. Because I, we were flying and I did it from the. I did yeah. the beans from the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I did it in the bathroom. I we were yeah, flying and beans. I did it in the bathroom. <laughs> Whoever plays them on SNL, I hope they get glasses <laughs> that have two lenses that are like so in towards each other. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> like. It's like the size of his eyes are like poking out. <laughs> like the sun. Like so you just covered. walk up and put a little lightning bolt on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. like you're missing something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I were the priest <laughs> doing Ash Wednesday on McMulvaney, I would make a little Harry Potter <laughs> symbol instead of a cross. So funny. No glasses shaming. You can wear whatever glasses you want. <laughs> we're just Mulvaney shaming. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what the goodie bags would look like if he hosted the summit, though? Just a disgusting Trump goodie bag. <laughs> it's just like an omelet literally in the bag, like with no plate, yeah. like from the omelet bar. Yeah. Uh, a hat with some hair attached to it. Mm-hmm. An egg McMuffin. Uh, some tanning oil. Just a travel size one, though. He's not some, trying to spend uh, any real money on these Cortisone things. cream for bed bug bites mm-hmm. comes in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn. So gross. <laughs> Yuck. Brass polish, because I guarantee you all the fittings in that fucking hotel are brass. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Hey, what do you guys think about when uh, Clinton said what Clinton said about uh, Russian agents and how Tulsi responded, which drew out Yang and, and Beto and Marianne Williamson? Personally, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely interesting. That's the whole point of it is to make it interesting, which is kind of frustrating to me because it's kind of like throwing a pebble to the side when there's this this more consequential event happening in front of you. And I say that because Tulsi's polling so low and she has such low fundraising dollars right now. There's no way in hell she's going to get the Democratic nomination. So I, I think, think the, the thing that Hillary was trying to avoid was, first of all, not having any of the other competitors say this, but to to say she's a danger of running third party right. like Jill Stein. Right. And now if she does... Hillary's kind of warned us about that. And I think maybe we um, should have listened to her. I mean, well, we knew, but like a lot of people didn't when she said that Trump was a Russian asset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think Tulsi's behavior logically makes it seem like she is definitely not in line with the rest of Democrats as as far as, you know, the views on Russia goes and all the corruption and election interference. It seems like she is more than willing to just blow over that and get over that. So that's hugely alarming. But then on the other hand, Bernie came out today and voiced his more or less support for Tulsi saying, you know, it's an absurd or I forget, outrageous assertion to say that she's maybe a Russian asset. Well, she voted. um, She didn't vote 
for the Magnitsky, Global Magnitsky Act. And Bernie actually did. Bernie mm-hmm. didn't vote for the first one, but he voted for the second one. She didn't vote for the Global Magnitsky Act. Yeah, and Bill Browder was coming out talking about yeah, that. Yeah, and Browder um, uh, put together some connections about people working on her campaign that also worked for Brexit or something like that. I can't remember. I'd have to read it. Don't quote me on that. That's mm-hmm. probably not real. Uh, but it, it's somebody else. It's somebody uh, connected to Fertosh. Yeah? Maybe. Um <laughs> Anyway, um, it, it was something kind of stunning, uh, which I haven't researched yet. So, you know, take it at face value. But Bill Browder is a pretty reliable source. I, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, she's been on Fox News. She's endorsed by David Duke. And and I'm and again, here we are spending time talking about somebody polling in single digits, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I, I mean, if she actually tries to break away and run as a third party candidate, then I'll have to eat my words. But as of now, it just kind of seems like just an annoying press stunt honestly to try I, to make her more relevant right now but i think it would be harder for her to run as a third party candidate now that hillary sort of pre-called it out mm-hmm. yeah and i also get the idea that that her running as a third party candidate would pull votes away from trump not the democrats mm. <laughs> honestly no uh, maybe jill I, stein I, I mean yeah fair enough i mean i i, I Gary Johnson. I was saying before we started recording that this entire story about Hillary and Tulsi, it's like everyone loses in this scenario. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone is handling themselves well. I'm not saying Hillary is completely wrong. Um, She might be gearing up for a third party, but to come out and say that she was that she could be a Russian asset. She didn't name her, though. She didn't. Yeah, she didn't say that. She didn't. It was one of Clinton's staffers or Tulsi bit. Okay. 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 Fair enough. I mean, honestly, one of one of someone close to Clinton that works with her, though, came out and confirmed it. But that that's who she was talking about, but she didn't say her name on air. Tulsi's behavior is crappy, though. I mean, especially someone who kind of admired her a couple of years ago when she first kind of came onto the scene. And supported Bernie. And supported Bernie. Which yes, maybe like, okay. why Bernie's supporting her. Yeah, absolutely. But the way that she's conducted herself in light of these allegations has been so gross. And the way that she's her social media presence has been Trumpy. Yeah, and, I'm disappointed. And nasty. She's like a total bro, honestly. She's super bro-y. Like mm-hmm. in how she... Not a Bernie bro. <laughs> she's just like a bro in how she reacts to things and I'm not saying that as you know mm-hmm. saying that you can't be a woman and be like strong with stuff but it's it's just like very antagonistic and gross relatively unhelpful most of the things that I personally have seen her get a lot of headlines for yeah <clears throat> if she wins the democratic nomination I'll vote for uh, it's not going to happen and she's trashed democrats too she said there's rot in the democratic and like why are you running as a democrat if right. we're rot if we're rotted I think you know coming up and then g- to jump over to your third party run if that was your plan the whole time that's weird you yeah know? and the difference between her and Jill Stein is that Jill Stein was more to the left in a lot of ways whereas she would be more to the right and I think Jill Stein was some ways. wasn't Jill Stein always green party I, I, the first, the only time I ever heard about her or looked into her was when I was in college. And yes, that was what, that's what my. She didn't start to run as a Democrat and then break off third party. She, she came in as a Green Party candidate and kept it that way. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, we do have a couple more things from Schadenfreude and hashtag, and we'll be right back with that. This episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Privacy.com. Privacy.com is an amazing service that lets you buy things online using virtual card numbers instead of your real card numbers, and that protects your identity and bank information. Every time we shop online, our personal information is vulnerable to merchants and data partners, and that usually happens without our consent. And if you're shopping in an open Wi-Fi network, it's 10 times worse. But Privacy.com is a free tool that helps you manage your finances online without sharing your actual personal and banking information. Here's how it works. Privacy.com encrypts your info using virtual 
virtual card numbers, so your real banking information is hidden. So if something does happen, if someone does get one of those numbers, it's not your actual card, so you don't have to cancel it or monitor it for fraud. And best of all, you don't have to change your card everywhere if one gets compromised. That's what sold me on privacy.com was the convenience and the security. The best part is that unlike credit cards, privacy.com does not sell your data to huge vendors, and we love that. So head to privacy.com slash dailybeans, D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S, to sign up and start shopping. And as a special treat to our listeners, new customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Yep, that's free money to use on any online purchase. So go to privacy.com slash dailybeans and sign up now. All right, time for a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. According to three sources, Pompeo is frustrated and feels victimized in recent weeks by the departure of top State Department officials and claims that he failed to defend Marie Yovanovitch. Uh, he's also fiercely criticizing the impeachment inquiry, saying his department is being treated unfairly. He says the state secrets are being put at risk and the department is being afforded little visibility into what current and former employees are testifying to. They're not letting State Department lawyers in the room. They have not let State Department lawyers be part of these hearings, and that's unheard of. I haven't seen you all report that. Uh, he went on to say that Benghazi, uh, the Benghazi investigation he participated in was way more fair, and that's deeply troubling to me because I have no obligation to protect the State Department as the head of the State Department. Yeah, what? Not only is it classified information, but private conversations that are confidential and we haven't been allowed to see what it is that our former employees have told the committees. Oh. So that's, uh, he's really sad today and I am happy. Poor Pompeo. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Poor, that sounds like some sort of neat... Poor Pompeo. <laughs> Tiny violin. Um, <laughs> that was beautifully read. Thank you. I was in the room. <laughs> yeah. That should be a daytime soap opera actress. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> the most dramatic guess. Dramatic, <laughs> dramatic eyebrows, if you can't see. Thank but when you, we have video, you can see it all. Become a patron. <laughs> I learned it from uh, Joey on Friends. It's the fart smell face. Ooh. <laughs> you guys got to see it. That's really um, funny. Yeah. All I hear is just a, a dude complaining about congressional investigations on principle. Yeah, and he doesn't understand what the investigation is. Like, Mm -hmm. when you're being investigated for a crime, you don't get to cross-examine and have your lawyers in. That's not how investigations work. This is a grand jury. That When when the House is an impeachment, it is like a grand jury. Yeah, they want testimony from these people for now, and that's where the step that they're at. And you don't get to have your lawyers in the grand jury with you. That's just how it goes. It's so frustrating. I feel like half the time, I I, I can't tell so often in this administration whether or not someone is saying this because they are trying to crime or whether or not they're saying something because they actually genuinely are too stupid to know how the law works. Yeah. And it's like, you never can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you can never tell if it's like lying or stupidity. Mm-hmm. That's what they... Good stuff. That's what so much of their defense like relies upon, though, mm-hmm. is maintaining this image of them being ignorant while actually just lying. But sometimes also just not knowing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and sometimes just always lying. Yeah, true. Like 90, <laughs> sometimes just always. Like maybe 90% lying, 10% actual ignorance. A little yeah. bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and as we had theorized, sources are now saying impeachment could take longer than initially thought, perhaps until Christmas. 
Uh, Dems are saying because of these depositions, more leads have emerged that they now need to chase down more witness interviews. They need more public records or I mean, they need more records and documentation. Um, Then after the private depositions, they plan on having public hearings. Then they need to draft articles and then they need to vote. And speaking of impeachment, Bill Taylor, who I've been waiting to hear uh, from, he's he's the number one guy I've been wanting to hear from. He testifies Tuesday. Um, lots of testimonies have been moved and depositions have been moved because of all of the um, memorials for um, Elijah Cummings, Cummings this yeah. week. Uh, but anyway, Bill Taylor, he was the one who sent the text messages saying he thinks it's crazy that they would, would withhold military aid from Ukraine. Uh, and, and he was the one who texted, are we now saying that White House meetings and military aid are conditioned on investigations? What? Um, well, in some late breaking news Monday, we found out that he was initially reluctant to take Yovanovitch's job. He came in, met with Pompeo, asked about, all right, what is your U.S. policy toward Ukraine? And he seemed satisfied with that answer after the meeting. But then afterwards, Taylor called Volcker and said, dude, why don't you do this? You do the job. And Volcker's like, nope, you're the man for the job. So he ended up taking it in early June. And I think the key part of his testimony will be about the phone conversation he had with Sundland when Sundland in the text messages Mm -hmm. said, call me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was after that that Taylor texted as I said in the call, I think this is crazy. And Sunlin has testified the reason he took the discussion off text was because he thought that phone calls were better for diplomacy. And he also testified he was unaware that the quid pro quo had anything to do with the 2020 election. Um, so that phone call between Bill Taylor and Sunlin could blow that testimony apart. So I'm very excited to see what Bill Taylor has to say. Me too. Yeah. And uh, I'll get a little bit more in a second about what's going to go on this week. But uh, let's uh, let's get social. Hashtag. Trending today is hashtag Canada Election 2019 and hashtag Election Day. Yeah, resident Canadian here to fill you in. Yes, that's you. <laughs> Handing it off to you. Yeah, it's uh, currently 6.02 p.m. Pacific time on Monday. So by the time a lot of you hear this, this election, the results will be out. Um, it's just coming in right now uh, in Canada. The eastern part of the country is reporting. But um, yeah, here's the thing about this election. The bummer is that we're not going to see like any kind of big structural change. <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing. The country might go a little bit more liberal or a little bit more conservative, um, which sucks <laughs> and is very Canadian, very milk toast, very bland <laughs> result. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a uh, my feelings on this can be summed up with uh, basically Justin Trudeau might hang on to power. Um, in what we described in a parliamentary system as a minority government, which means he's still going to have some mandate, but less than before. And he's going to have to play nicely with other parties to get stuff done. Or uh, the result that I want less is that the conservatives take a minority government and Andrew Scheer becomes prime minister. Um, I don't see them getting a majority government. I would be extremely shocked if that happened. But it will suck if the conservatives do get um, a minority. So Could Trudeau get a majority government? Absolutely not. No. So nobody's going to get a majority government. No one's going to get a majority government. And in it's a multi- kind of like what's going on in mm-hmm. Israel. In a multi-party system, that means that people have to work together. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the ruling party, the when our first past the post system, a minority government still has some extra mandate or powers, but um, without a majority government, it does mean that you know they can't pass things as quickly or without the cooperation of other parties. So it kind of sucks. Neither of the parties, which uh, it's kind of a coin toss right now, whether or not the conservatives or the liberals end up with the minority government, um, and neither of them are great on climate change. <laughs> you know, we're going to end up with. Um, you know, the needle, the needle is not going to move too much. Even if Trudeau does get another um, term, you know, the shine has worn off for a lot of people. Um, so 
Womp womp. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Hopefully. Uh, I guess the good news is that you're not going to get a majority uh, conservative government, probably. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I am hopeful. Hopefully, by the time you all hear this, we have Trudeau back in office. But also, as a Canadian abroad, I, if anyone from uh, Jagmeet Singh's uh, campaign is listening, I think he's done an amazing job. And I think that he's honored Jack Layton's legacy really well. So if you are also a Canadian living abroad, um, you can tweet at Daily Beans Pod. And or if you're Canadian living in Canada. Or, yeah, in solidarity <laughs> with me while well, I watch the election results roll in all evening. Yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be good. Yeah. At Daily Beans Pod. Yeah, and uh, uh, it, it's way better for all of us if we do not have a conservative government in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way better for the world. Yeah, so hopefully we can hang on to a somewhat progressive government at home. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome, So, and hopefully you're filled in. Yeah, I feel I feel way more filled in than I was before. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So bummer is no big structural change. Okay, but uh, hopefully the best we can hope for, which is I guess better than Trump, is that Trudeau will hang on by a thread. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the best we can hope for, yeah. and hopefully by the time you hear this, he has. <laughs> but the multi-party system then sounds like it lends itself to more stability over time. It lends itself to more cooperation. Mm-hmm. And it also lends itself, in my opinion, to... Uh, there are flaws with a parliamentary system and a multi-party system. Well, I actually, no. I love multi-party systems. There are flaws within a parliamentary system and the first-past-the-post system. Um, but it does mean that very often um, people have to cooperate more mm-hmm. and there are more views represented. Yeah. So there's a more holistic view of like the political spectrum as opposed to just good versus evil and mm-hmm. left versus right. Um, we have multiple major parties. Also, interestingly, if Trudeau does not get a majority government again, which is not looking like he will, the Quebec separatist party in Canada is actually, the polling suggests that they're going to have a bit of a resurgence and that, um, you know, they're going to have to more strongly consider the needs of French Canadians in the next term because the separatist movement is gaining ground again. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now we know. Yes. Uh, so coming up this week, William Taylor, as I said, Bill Taylor, Bill Taylor, um, career foreign service official served as the charge d'affaires for Ukraine since uh, June, is expected to testify Tuesday. And Laura Cooper, a top Pentagon official, is expected to testify Wednesday. Mike Duffy and Vaught from the Office of Mud- uh, Management and Budgement, uh, Budgement, <laughs> Management and Budgement, <laughs> Vita Vita Budgement, Budgement. Um, they're refusing to appear, and they're dicks. Um, other officials who have been expected to testify this week included Philip Reeker. He's the acting assistant secretary of state for European and Eurasian affairs. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman. He's the director for European affairs at the National Security Council. Tim Morrison, who took over Fiona Hill's role uh, as the senior director for European and Russian affairs on the NSC. And Surya uh, Jayanti, a foreign service officer uh, at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. They, uh, I think their testimonies are being moved for the uh, Elijah Cummings Memorial. So I think he will be lying in state. So we will keep you posted on um, all the upcoming depositions. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, no. Not really. Buy tickets to come see us in Boston or Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. We like seeing you guys. Yeah. If you want to see us, that is. If you want, if you want to, <laughs> uh, we're gonna. Uh, Jordan and I will be uh, at Venice Underground Comedy at the Townhouse on Windward in Venice on October twenty third with Tamara Catan. Yes, that's gonna be freaking awesome. It's gonna be amazing. If you want to just come hang out and not see political comedy, exactly. Yeah, we don't. I don't do any politics in the comedy. Neither so. do I. No, nope, it's all just don't. I'm not even gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> general ish. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
my final thoughts are just that I hope I wake up to a not conservative government in my home country. And if that is true, please send me dog pictures to cheer me up. And if it isn't true, <laughs> send dog pictures yeah, just send them to anyway. celebrate. Yeah, send them anyway. But yeah. uh, look, Trudeau... You've shared your dog, right? You've shared Marley Moo? Oh, you know what? I'm going to share another picture. You guys, I'll, I'll tweet. I'll share a picture of our of our secondary pod dog, yeah. uh, Marley Moo. <clears throat> but yeah, he makes that sound. He does <laughs> like a, like a baby gorilla. <laughs> when he has to use the bathroom. He goes by the door. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to share a video of Marley. Oh, my, we set we set all of us barking. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because so Marley comes over all the time. We have play date. So but, mm, mm, mm. he's a he's a twelve pound schnoodle rescue schnoodle rescue schnoodle Love of my life. Yeah, and you got the embark kit, so you're gonna find out. I know Joelle's like, I <gasps> yes, got it. We got a. Well, I'm sorry, we're those people. We got a dog DNA testing kit so i'm really <laughs> excited to find out because <laughs> he's a rescue we have no idea his yeah. background or his no, history no, no, that's, so. that's adorable yeah, it's really just excited. amazing how far technology has come for all and they us. test for over 170 and different genetic congenital diseases i don't know diseases. if i want to know Ooh. that information for the dog <laughs> my dog yeah i just we did this Aww. ad yesterday yeah. oh cool okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no we're doing yeah. our dog you're doing your dog it's gonna be cool really hope andrew Shear is not the new prime minister at home really bad for climate change lgbt rights preserving health care etc 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 so ha. Huh. Hopefully that doesn't happen. All right. Solidarity. Uh, I'm going to put beans on it not happening. Good. Thank you. Just for you so that you feel better. All right, everybody. That's the show. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your pod dog. Take care of the planet. Uh, Take care. Just take care. I've been AG. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Mandy Reader. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. 